And lack of diversity and ownership has consequences because what we see here and read in the media says how much about who we are as individuals, as communities, and as a nation. The Commission's newly formed Equity and Diversity Council meets for the first time. We'll have more remarks from Chairwoman Rosenworcel as well as from Commissioner Starks and Commissioner Symington coming up. REC, FCC Today, Michi Bradley. I'm Michi Bradley. This is FCC Today, the podcast for Thursday, November 4, 2021. We'll have more from yesterday's council meeting in just a bit, but for now, here are some other news briefs. Catholic Radio Network licensee of translator K272FP was served with a notice of violation from Region 3 Enforcement for failing to file a license to cover application after doing a site move and channel change. In this case, the translator originally on 102.3 north of Black Forest, Colorado, was granted a construction permit in 2019 to move to a new site north of Colorado Springs and change to a new channel, 104.3. On three occasions in October and November of 2020, as well as in January 2021, the Enforcement Bureau monitored the station operating on 104.3. While the move was authorized, no license to cover application was ever filed by the station licensee. FCC rules require that on the completion of a translator construction permit, that the permittee file a license to cover on the day the newly authorized operation commences. As of recording of this episode, no license to cover has been filed. Catholic Radio Network has 20 days to respond to the NOV. District 3 Enforcement also issued a notice of violation to AirMD LLC of Wichita, Kansas, due to a false activation of an emergency locator transmitter on board one of their aircraft, November 911 Zulu Foxtrot, located in a hangar at the Honolulu International Airport. Emergency locator transmitters, or ELTs, are devices that operate on 121.5 megahertz and can be activated automatically or manually for the purpose of locating a downed aircraft. AirMD has 20 days to respond. The FCC announced that it will not be providing LMS raw data to providers like REC Networks until November 10th. This is due to the ongoing NCE filing window. This will have impacts to various REC systems, including FCC.today and FCCdata.org. For more information on those impacts, visit RECnet.com and review the system alerts. REC! FCC today. On June 14th, then acting chair Jessica Rosenworcel announced that the commission would recharter what was originally known as the Advisory Committee on Diversity and Digital Empowerment under a new name, the Communications Equity and Diversity Council. The new council will be chaired by Heather Gate, Vice President of Digital Inclusion at Connected Nation. Vice Chairs include Nicole Turner-Lee, Senior Fellow and Director of the Center for Technology Innovation and Governance Studies at the Brookings Institute, and Susan Al Allen, National President and CEO of the Pan-Asian Chamber of Commerce Education Program. The Council's mission is to focus on diversity and equity issues across the tech sector, providing recommendations and advancing equity in the provision and access to digital communications. On Wednesday, the Commission held their inaugural meeting, and we have comments from Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel, followed by 
Commissioner Jeffrey Starks, and then by Commissioner Nathan Symington. All right, let's start with some recent history. It was a little over four years ago that this committee's predecessor's name was put in place. And your predecessor was tasked with providing advice on how to empower disadvantaged communities and accelerate the entry of small businesses, including those owned by women and people of color, into the media industry. Now, this is really important because all the statistics show that the number of broadcast stations owned by women and persons of color have for too long been just way too low. And lack of diversity and ownership has consequences because what we see here and read in the media says how much about who we are as individuals, as communities, and as a nation. But I also know that our work should not stop with this effort. And looking at issues of diversity strictly through the lens of traditional media, well, I just think it's way too narrow because the challenges are bigger and broader and they are all across technology. So we changed the name of this group, we expanded the mission, and we brought in all kinds of dynamos, that would be all of you, to help us plot, plan, and make progress. But that's not all we're doing at the agency because at the start of this year, I set a new strategic goal for the FCC of promoting diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. In other words, for the first time ever, we're going to look at it in everything we do. And you can already see evidence of that in our rulemakings, which now consistently ask a set of questions about diversity and service to communities that for too long have been underserved and overlooked. And finally, the one thing I can tell you with total certainty is that these issues are always front of mind because they're personal. I've been the only woman at the agency, at the witness table, and in the room where decisions are being made for so much of my professional life. Technology is where our economic and civic life is growing faster than anywhere else. Yet those behind it do not reflect the full diversity of our communities across the country. And if we want to reach the full potential that we have as individuals and as a nation, we're going to have to find ways to address it. Last week, I was chosen by the president to serve as the first woman who would be the permanent chair of the Federal Communications Commission. But you know, the glass above, it, it doesn't get broken by one person all along. So let me salute my former colleague, Mignon Clyburn, for her time leading the agency. And may the two of us not be the last. Thank you truly for inviting me uh, to, of course, this very first meeting of the newly chartered Communications Equity and Diversity Council, the CEDC transitioning, of course, from the advisory committee uh, on diversity and digital empowerment to a council with an expanded focus that reaches beyond uh, just the media space to include the broader tech sector. And that is timely, appropriate, and necessary, certainly to meet the challenges that we face today. And as the commission, as the nation, really deal with the many critical issues before us, including those across the board on diversity and equity issues. And as you know, I have for years valued the work uh, of this council's predecessor because of the invaluable contributions it has provided in support of the commission's work to promote and ensure diversity in the media ownership, management, employment arenas. Uh, and today marks that new beginning, that new chapter in the expansion uh, of that mission by this dedicated group that truly represents the diversity of our constituency, bringing together different perspectives, vast knowledge, 
resources and um, that will bear on the critical questions to help us solve real world problems, inform our deliberations on these important issues that are affecting the technology sector in ways never before. So uh, as we heard from the chair, uh, I'll second thank you for your service. Equity and diversity are a central part of our shared path forward. As a commissioner, I take this work seriously. And it mirrors, of course, the stated mission that I'd like to just recount here of the CDC, and that is, quote, to make recommendations to the Commission on Advancing Equity in the Provision of and Access to Digital Communication Services and Products for All People of the United States Without Discrimination on the Basis of Race, Color, Religion, National Origin, Sex, or Disability, close quote. And in particular, given my longstanding focus on broadband equity issues, I welcome the CEDC's input on how we can accelerate the deployment of broadband services in all communities by reducing and or removing regulatory barriers to infrastructure investment. And I look forward to these recommendations on how to strengthen existing broadband networks and, of course, develop new ones. There is much work to be done. And I'm pleased that the CEDC will continue the work, of course, the prior, uh, the prior committee by making recommendations to the commission on how to accelerate the entry of small businesses, including those owned by women and people of color into the media, digital news, information, audio, video programming industries, including as owners, suppliers, employees. This work is particular and not only key to our broader uh, efforts regarding the quadrennial review of the Commission's broadcast ownership rules uh, in a post-Prometheus world. It's also mission critical to ensuring that we hear from a broad group of stakeholders on issues that perennially have been challenging to address, including access to capital and job skills training. I have no doubt that, led by Chair Heather Gate and Vice Chairs Nicole Turner-Lee and Susan Al Allen, that the CEDC will effectively continue the progress made under the Advisory Committee on Diversity and Digital Empowerment, while at the same time broadening that mission to advance equity in the provision of digital communication services and products for every American. Equity and access to digital services and connections is critical. Connecting Americans in rural communities and communities on tribal lands, of course, must remain a priority when costs are often high and service quality is often not yet where it should be. And while the Commission has done good work arm in arm with industry to connect our most vulnerable and often poorest people in rural communities and on tribal lands, there's much work left to do. I encourage the committee to examine the equities surrounding connectivity through the lens of metrics like cost per bit, the availability of consumer subsidies for access, and overall connectivity services uptake rates on a county by county basis. According to the Appalachian Regional Commission, for instance, the Appalachian region suffers from a digital divide within the region itself, whereas within the 28 counties in the Appalachian region that had broadband subscription rates at or above the national average, 26 were urban. In 18 Appalachian counties that had fewer than 60% of households with a broadband connection, more than half were considered rural. This is but one example of an imbalance in access to digital connections in the interior of our country that must be remedied. And I look forward to following closely the CEDC's work here and helping where I can and learning as much as I can as well. Those were the remarks of FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel, Commissioner Jeffrey Starks, and Commissioner Nathan Symington speaking to the Commission's Communications, Equity, and Diversity Council at their inaugural meeting. FCC Today.
FCC Today, the podcast, is available on Podbean. Tune in, iHeartMedia, Amazon Audible, and others. Questions and comments can be made on our input line. Call or text area code 202-963-0852 or email FCCToday at RECNET.com. This has been a production of REC Networks. For FCC Today, the podcast, this is Michelle Bradley, CBT. Thank you for listening. REC. REC.